schools are closed. I know it's tough, but you know what? God is so great, and he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think according to the power that works in us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And I want you to remember that he is a way maker. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Whatever it is, God bless you to see another day. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Way make miracle work, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Miracle word, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are.
And in this particular scripture, we're going to be dealing with the beginning of the Jews or the Israelites, amen, as, as known in the Bible. And the 12th chapter of Genesis. And the word of the Lord says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those that bless you, and I will curse those, and I will curse him who curses you. And in all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. I want to speak to you from the thought beyond the noise. Father, we thank you for the reading of your word. We ask that you be glorified. God, help us, heal us. God, even now, touch the minds and hearts of your people that listen today. God, even that listen even this week, God, that may not hear it today, but may hear it on a delayed broadcast. God, touch them. Touch even now as we hear your word, as we hear what you have to say to us. And we give you glory, we praise you, we honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. We bless the Lord, we bless the Lord. Amen. I want to share something with you um, this, this morning that, that is going to be a key for many of us. And for some of us, amen, it's going to, it's going to help us. For those of you that, that are satisfied where you are, this probably will not mean much to you. But I want to talk to you about obscurity and just and just being in the presence of the Lord on a one-on-one -on -one basis. And obscurity or 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 that 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 being in that place by yourself is one of the trademarks. Of one of the most famous and wisest people in the world. If you talk to anybody who has had great success, they have had great times of what we consider to be loneliness. We consider it to be loneliness because many of us have been raised in an environment where things are always going on. Something's always happening. There's always noise. There's always something off. There's always something jumping off. And, and if, if that isn't happening, we are not satisfied because we are so used to an atmosphere that is active in the natural. And therefore, God is like, I want to talk to you, but I can't because your atmosphere is too noisy. So we want to talk about getting beyond the noise, and I want to share some observations with you from the Word concerning people who have done that. First of all, we, 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 we want to deal here with, with, um, with, with Abraham and God's command to him. And he says, he says to Abraham, I want to paraphrase here, he says, Abraham, leave the noise and go and I'll show he said, go and I'll show. Can you imagine going on Facebook saying, I'm going somewhere, but I don't know where I'm going. How many likes would you get? <laughs> see, see, you wouldn't get too many likes because people would be, well, I don't know if I want to go with you on this journey on Facebook because you don't know where you're going. And you say, well, you know, I'm going to find out as I go. And they'll say, okay, let me know when you get there. Let me know when you get there. 
and, 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 and see, the thing is, if we go by what people say and whether they like what we do, we'll, we'll mess up because comparison is always going to produce disappointment. It always produces disappointment. No matter what you do, no matter how many likes you have, there's somebody else who has more. And you're constantly chasing something that's moving. You're chasing a moving tyrant that keeps moving. And, and when you're doing this, you're never concentrating on what you should by yourself. You're constantly dealing with others' assessment of you and what they think and how they feel. And the right main person that you really need to pay attention to is waiting till you, till you get through. So he tells Abraham, he says, listen, he says, I want you to go and then I'll show you. And as he goes, Abraham makes a map. What am I talking about? He sets up altars. Everywhere he goes, the main places, his main stops, he sets up an altar. And he worships God. This is a map for him because if you look and you study this, I don't have time to go into it like I would really want to or need to, but if you really look at this, there are times after he gets to where he's going that he goes back to some of those areas on the map because those are important and pivotal areas and pivotal altars, and he goes back to those places where he, and he names the altars. Imagine you go to a place and you name your altar. You name it. You name it the place where God dealt with disappointment. And so you go on. But when you deal with disappointment again, you go back to the altar you built in that place where God dealt with disappointment because you know he's going to meet you there because he met you there last time when you were there and you built an altar. But it takes a, a, a seclusion. We don't like that because our society, and, and, and even now we're dealing with this pandemic in the land. And, and in our city, I don't know, some of you may be looking at me from other places, other locations. But in our city, domestic violence is increasing. It's increasing because people cannot deal with this seclusion. And the thing that the, the thing that messed everything up is when they told people to stay home, some people they told to stay home with their persecutors. Mm. Wow. They locked them in with the people that were doing them wrong. And so now for months on end, they are locked in with somebody who is who is torturing them, who is doing all kinds, and there's domestic violence because they have been they have been secluded with their wow. persecutor. Wow, wow. Secluded with persecution. Can you imagine that? Without a way, without and then what's happened also is 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 the solution has been secluded. The solution has been secluded. The sedation has been left open, but the solution has been secluded. What am I talking about? The liquor stores are open. That's the sedation. The churches are closed. That's the solution. Come on, come on. The solution has been secluded 
here while the sedation is open. Wow. But the sedation cannot deal with the solution. The sedation is temporary. Come on now. Come on. Come on, Bishop. <laughs> yes, sir. Glory to God. Wow. So they have put aside and locked away the solution for the problem that's in society now. Huh? That's just an aside. Watch this. So, 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 so. He, as Abraham goes, each time there's levels of seclusion. God takes him and says, I need to be alone with you. So, watch this. When he gets to where he needs to go, Lot and the servants and his servants and Abraham's servants begin to have a disagreement. This is not by accident. Mm -hmm. So then Lot goes where he's going, and then, right as God leaves, God says, Abraham, I'm going to show you. See, he had to wait till Abraham got alone. Notice Sarah is not around him. He says, look to the east, look to the west, look to the north, look to wherever you see, it belongs to you. <laughs> that was a time of seclusion. That was, now, there, there is a seclusion produced produce trust and intimacy. It took him into areas that even his servants and his wife couldn't go. Because after Isaac is born, God says, take Isaac. And I want you to sacrifice him. He says this in seclusion to Abraham. And this time, Abraham doesn't tell Sarah anything. Last time, he tells Sarah, Sarah, we're going to have a baby. God says, we're going to have a baby. And blah, blah, blah. And so Sarah says, well, you know what? I'm going to help God. And the baby is not going to come through him. It's going to come through me. It's going to come through Hagar. I, I got a solution for this situation. So this time, Abraham says, oh, no, 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 no. Can you imagine him saying, Sarah, I'm getting ready to go sacrifice Isaac. I'll be back. Oh, you getting ready to do what? Oh, no, no, no. Wait, wait a minute. Hold on. Nine months I set I suffered. Thank you. 
in the society that are allowed to be loud, as I said, and other things are quieted down. I go in Walmart, in the grocery store, and, and I see people in line at the grocery store with big bottles of liquor. They're sedating their loneliness. Hallelujah. They're sedating how they feel because they don't know what to do with it. And God is telling his people, listen, I operate in seclusion. In seclusion, God shared with Abraham the destruction of Sodom. It produces intimacy and trust. Now, I want to go to another person. I want to go to the man Joseph. Joseph had these dreams. And, and his dreams in private became a problem when he spoke them in public too soon. <laughs> See, there are things that happen in private that you have to watch and ask God about the timing of the revelation. Because you don't want to say things that have been spoken in private too soon. Because people cannot deal. Everybody can't deal with what God deals with you in, with in private, in public. You have to ask him about the time. Because people won't understand. It'll be like, God, you say God said what? Which is what his brothers did. You said what? And so we have to always check with time. So God says, Joseph, I need you to learn a lesson. I need you to learn a lesson. So he goes to Potiphar's house. Noisy. Noise. He's put in charge, but he got other servants there. And Potiphar's wife is here in his ear every day. Come on, let's lay down and do it. Let's do the do. His wife every day. And the servants is like, man, you gotta go on and hit that. And he's like, no, I can't do that because my, my master has left me in charge. So you know the story, he ends up in jail. But that's God's plan because God is like, I need to get you in seclusion. I need to get you in a place to where it's you and me. And even though the jailer puts him in charge at night when everybody is down and asleep, Joseph is laying there and God is speaking to him. God is dealing with him. God is ministering to him in the night. And Joseph learns a valuable lesson of seclusion. So when the baker and the butler come to jail and they have dreams, Joseph is used to seclusion and he knows now how to go before the Lord in private and get a public answer. We have to know when to stop the noise. We have to know when to stop the noise. Listen, I want to share, and I, I, I was going to leave this till the end, but I think I'm going to say it now, and that we have to learn that sometimes facts are noise. Because every time we turn on the TV, we're looking, we're seeing, it's broke out in, in, in the nursing homes. It's happening over here. Now children are doing this. is happening over here. And, and now this state has this many. And this state has that many. And this is happening over here. How much of that do you need? Right. Sometimes the facts are a detriment. And we need 
to that leading to the truth. And I'm going to go into that a little more in my next example. But, but, but the solitude that Joseph needed was in jail. That was a divine prison ministry. And so, you know the story, Pharaoh has a dream, and Joseph goes, and, and, and finally the, the butler says, oh, wait a minute, I remember this dude in jail. He deciphered my dream. Now remember, Joseph has said, when you get out of jail, don't forget about me. Well, guess what, he got out of jail, and he said, party! I'm back, y'all, let's get it. Party over here, party over there, he forgot all about Joseph. Beyond 
what people say and how people feel. I had somebody say to me, wow, if I had the knowledge you had, I think I'd be kind of big-headed. And I, I laughed. And, and, and it, it was kind of, it was humorous to me because the more knowledge you gain in holiness, the more you realize how small you are. In fact, it's like Isaiah said, in the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. He says, in the year the noise stopped from the palace, I could then comprehend God. Now watch this. God didn't appear then. He was always there. What had to happen was Isaiah had to cut some things off in order for him to see some things. Uh -huh. Amen. Ah, glory to God. He had to make some things stop. He had to, he had to get in a place to where he wasn't hearing some of the noise he was hearing before. And then the Bible says he saw differently. He heard differently. Things that were there all the time. The living creatures were always there saying, holy, holy, holy. They were always worshiping God. God was always on the throne. The train of his role always filled the temple. It's just that Isaiah couldn't see it because his, his, his situation, his atmosphere was too noisy. So he gets before the Lord. God, what are we going to do now? The king's dead. And then he says, I saw the Lord. I saw the real authority. See, I was looking for an earthly authority. I was looking for another king. But when the king died and another one was supposed to assume the throne, I saw the real authority. I saw the Lord. And the Lord was like, listen, I need somebody to go for me. Who will go? He said, I'm a man of unclean lips. And he brought a coal. Make me one. Your oil will not cease 
there are solutions that God wants to give us. There are ways out. And we're like, God, where is it? But God is like, I need you to be secluded. I need you to get beyond the noise. And many people in church are looking at the pandemic as just a curse. True enough, it is causing some death. It is causing heartache. But listen, for the people of God, there's a time for us to get before the Lord by ourselves. It's a time for we're shut down. So let's get before the Lord. Let's begin to seek God. Let's begin to cry out. Yes. Hallelujah. Glory to God. There are pastors now in the nation that are saying, wait a minute. You have locked away the cure, and we will no longer be locked away. Yes. They are rising up now. Attorneys are beginning to, to side with them and say, wait a minute, you left the liquor stores open and you closed the church. The devil is alive. The hallelujah is God. They are beginning to rise up now in different cities, in different states, and the attorneys are backing them up, saying, this is unconstitutional. These people ought to have a right to assemble. And what's happening is people don't understand. The answer is under lock and key. started, the president declared a day of prayer. And the opposing party came out against him and said, listen, you don't need to be praying right now. We need science. Hmm. And so now we hear the many voices saying, if you elect me, I'll deal with this by science. And we don't understand where that came from. That came from the mindset that God is powerless and man has all the answers. But the devil is alive. Listen, the answer is in the church. It's in the house of God. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my faith and turn from their wicked ways. See, there's some things in the house that God wants to get clean. When we go beyond the noise around us, God is going to begin to clean the house. Or we see ourselves as pristine. Many times we look at ourselves and we see the church as this, this beautiful place, but we got some issues. And God said, when you get your issues together, when you bow, just like Joseph had to bow, when the church bows and we get low enough and then we cry out high enough, God said, I will then hear from heaven. I'll forgive your sin and I'll heal the land. Now, I know that was something that was spoken to them back then, but the principle still exists now. God still, the promise is still in play now. So I have one last example the man Elisha. This is the, the, the predecessor, the one, the, the, this is the one that follows Elijah. He follows Elijah. This, this is his, his, his protege, so to speak. And after he's trained Elijah, Elijah, we know he's caught up on the chariot. He flies away. He's, he's translated, what's called translated. He doesn't see them. And so after this, Elisha steps in the house of the prophet. And one day, he is with his servant, and there is a king that has been coming against Israel, king that has been coming against Judah. And 
the Bible says every time he would get ready to try to take them down, Elisha would tell God's king what was going on. He'd say, don't go over there because they're laying in wait. And finally, the king from the other, the enemy says, listen, there's a mole here. Somebody's telling, telling the king what is going on. Who is it? And one of his, one of the kings, the opposing king's servants, speaks up and says, it's not anybody here. He says, there's a man. There's a prophet, a real, named Elisha. Not one of these ones that's predicting the end of the world is going to occur and it doesn't happen. Not one of these ones that says on July, whatever day it is, the sun's going to darken and everybody, and you need to go to the mountains now to sell all your stuff and, and sit there and wait for that day. Not one of those prophets. A real prophet. He says there's a real prophet that is telling, that, that is telling the king of Judah, your moves. Tell him. And so he says, let's go get it. He takes soldiers. And at night they surround the city. And so Elisha rises up and his servant goes outside and he looks at him. Whoa! <laughs> and he goes back in. He says, okay. He closes the door. He goes back. He says, Elisha, we have a problem. And Elisha says, oh, do tell. He says that there is enemy all around the city and they come to get you. And he says, really? He says, oh, forgive me. He says, Lord, open the young man's eyes. Now, I don't want to go over that too quickly because Elisha is so used to seeing in the spirit that he doesn't think it's strange. And he, he it's so ordinary to him that he forgets that a servant can't see what he sees. He has been insecure. The only person that we see with Elisha is his servant. He's insecure. sharing with him. I was in my basement the other day doing some things and it was quiet and the spirit started talking to me. I didn't initiate the conversation. He did. And he started telling me about some people that I would meet and what types of people they were. And I told my wife I shared it with her. But I noticed that in that particular atmosphere, I didn't have to initiate the conversation. God did. Do you know that when you put yourself in a certain place, God will begin to talk to you without you saying anything? He'll begin to, if you get your atmosphere right, Saw a mountain full of angels and chariots and all of that 
First he had told him, he said, those that are with us are greater than those that are against us. And the servant looked at him and said, okay, Elisha, uh, you need to leave that pipe alone, man. Because <laughs> something ain't right. I'm looking outside. Let me, let, me, let me do some quick math. One, two. Thousands. One, two. Elisha, what are you talking about? That's when he tells the Lord, he says, Lord, open his eyes. Because he's seeing the natural. He's not seeing the foundation. He's not seeing what's behind all of this. Yeah, the enemy is out there, but you are out there too. Glory. That's why he can tell Gideon, Gideon, you got too many. He says, I can't win the battle with this many because spirit. He says, Gideon, the more people you have, the less of me you have. Mm. All right. He says, when you get less people, you'll have more heavenly assistance. He said, I'm not going to substitute my heavenly assistance when you got more people and, and the people you got are scared. He said, tell all the scared ones to go home. <laughs> So he told all the scared ones to go home. He said, you still got too many. He said, take these down by the water. And those that jump in the water face first and don't look at nothing and just go to drink and send them home. Yep. <laughs> he said, because for one, they aren't going to be obedient and watchful. So you don't need them there. Send them home. He said, now you got as many as I need. And, and you know what? They were still outnumbered naturally. But in the spirit, <laughs> glory to God. I, I'm just about done, but I want to share with you a, a, a contemporary example. I, I've been reading, I, I, I got to reading, and I remembered reading about George Washington Carver. George Washington Carver. And his history was that before he was born, his father died, got trampled to death. His mother and sister, after he was born, him and his brother, and he had a brother named James, his mother and sister were, were kidnapped in the night by slave traders. And him and his brother were adopted by some German immigrants. George Washington Carver walked to a city when he got old enough, around about 10, he walked to a city that was 10 miles away from where he was to go to school. To go to a school that would accept African Americans. And while he was in that city, he was sleeping in a barn. And he got an education on a certain level. And while he was with his German immigrant parents, they gave him the name George Washington because of the president. And their last name was Carver. So they gave him a name to live up to. He had that name. And as he grew older, he would attend school. And in the neighborhood, they knew him as this plant doctor. Because he loved plants. He loved plants. And he, but one thing that I noticed and said while I was reading about him is he was always lonely. Mm. 
He was always by himself being teased because of his smartness, his education, his intelligence. Finally, he got a scholarship to a college. The college was a Presbyterian college, Highland Presbyterian college. He got ready. He was excited. Got ready, got stuff, got ready, went to the college. When he got there, the people in the college looked at him and said, oh, when we sent you the scholarship, we didn't know you were black. We don't accept that here. So he ends up going to a college called Simpson College. Then from there, he goes to Iowa State. While he's at Iowa State as a teacher, now he's a teacher, Booker T. Washington contacts him from Tuskegee Institute. And he says, he says, he says, George, I want you to come here and teach. He says, but there are some poor people here that need you, and we can't pay you as much as you're making where you are. But George Washington Carver says, the assignment outweighed the money. See, you can't do stuff like that unless you spend time with God because you'll always think naturally and you'll have people around you to say, man, you're crazy. You're going to give up this money to go over here and help these poor folks? Why don't you make more money and send them a check? But he said, no, I'm going to Tuskegee Institute. And he got there. He went there. Hallelujah. Give your glory to God. And, 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 and his history says that he said, I can do nothing without my Savior. He had to set up his own curriculum. They didn't even have anything set up for him. He had to do all of that. And what he would do every day is he would go to the woods. There were some woods around Tuskegee. And he would go there every day and he would commune with the Lord. And one day, went there and he said, Lord, why did you make the peanut? And God said, I was waiting for you to ask. All right. <laughs> Lord, and so he ends up making over 300 products from one peanut. He ends up changing the agriculture of the farmers in that area. And he was credited with saving the farmers, first of all, the farmers said, we don't want to grow that little pole looking nut. We don't need it. But as time went on, and he began to show them what that peanut could do and how it would help even the land. All of that came from him being beyond the noise. He was lonely, but he spent time with God, and God gave him wisdom. Products. He made dyes. He made, and then he went and, and got the soybean and made plastics from the soybean. He got the sweet potato and made dyes and all kinds of stuff from that. All of this stuff he did because he got beyond the noise and seclusion with God, and God gave him wisdom. And loneliness was one of his greatest challenges. That became an asset to him. Yeah. Listen, 
some of you all may feel loneliness. Take that time to be with the Lord and watch him do some stuff for you. Watch him begin to speak to you. Watch him begin to pour out in your life. Listen, I've gone beyond the point to where I need to be around a whole bunch of people. I want God's wisdom more than the voice of men. Joshua 1 and 8 and Psalms 1 and 2 speak about meditating in the, in the, in the word day and night. Getting it in your spirit so that when you encounter situations, what comes out? The word comes out and the word begins to go to the foundation of the situation you're dealing with and you don't have to do so much natural finagling. See, the reason we have to do so much natural stuff is because we don't have a word in us that comes out when we deal with situations. There is a word for everything that we deal with. The Bible is sufficient in everything. Says wisdom is a principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and in all you're getting, get an understanding. Proverbs 3, 13 and 14 says, Happy is the man who finds wisdom and gains understanding, for her proceeds are better than the profits of silver, and her gain than fine gold. You want to be rich, get wisdom. Wisdom is the application, the proper application of knowledge. See, you can have knowledge and be and be book smart and street numb. <laughs> Have you ever heard somebody like that? They got a lot of knowledge, but you couldn't put them on the street because they die. Because they don't know how to translate that knowledge into wisdom. Glory to God. I want to pray with you that are watching. want to pray with you that you would take this time to get before the Lord. To get beyond the noise. To get beyond the distractions. To get beyond everything that's calling your name now. And say, you, you need to pay attention to Get before the Lord and watch what he does. Listen, I'm talking to people now. I'm not talking to the ordinary Christian now. I'm talking to somebody that wants more from God. I'm talking to somebody that wants to go higher. Listen, I said this past uh, um, Tuesday, I believe, that when you want, uh, last Sunday it was, that if you want more from God, you got to give him more. You're saying you want more. He's saying, I need more of you. How about that? And when I get more of you, I'll drop some stuff into you. I'll begin to pour. And people will be like, where did that come from? I knew them when. I know them. They can't be doing all of that. That's because they're still stuck in the past. And you've gone beyond it into the presence of God. And God's begin to drop wisdom into you. Listen, I, I saw a saying yesterday and it stuck with me. And it said, don't accept criticism from somebody you wouldn't accept advice from. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. See, somebody needs to take that. Don't accept criticism from somebody you wouldn't accept advice from. Because those are killers. I'm going to pray with you. I want those of you that really want more of God and really don't mind being alone and, 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 and getting rid of the noise. I want to pray with you that God begin to speak to you and that he begin to give you the wisdom and knowledge you see in him. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray even now for the body of Christ during this time of crisis. God, that you would begin to give us wisdom. 
give us, give us life now to give to a dying world in the name of Jesus. God, even now, cause us to come out of seclusion with power. Cause us to come out of this place with power. God, to minister to the world, to let them know you are the answer. God, the answer isn't totally in the medicine. And God, when you get ready, you're going to touch the mind of someone that will come up with a vaccine or a cure or something. God, but it will be because of you. God, all wisdom and knowledge comes from you and we give you glory for it. We give you honor for it. Now God, touch my brothers and sisters everywhere. Touch those that are watching that may not be saved. God, call them to realize you have the keys to life and that death and life is in you. We give you glory. We thank you for it. Listen, if you are watching and you're not saved, may have just stumbled on this Facebook area. You may have just stumbled on it and it seemed interesting to you. Listen, God has a plan for your life. When you were born, it was not an accident. And listen, if you will just submit to him and realize that he has died for your sins, Jesus Christ died on the cross to take the penalty of sin from the world. The Bible says the wages of sin, one sin is death, but the gift of God. You can't pay for this. You can't sell enough magazines. You can't do enough good. You can't weigh your good and your bad because you don't even know what all of that is. But listen, God said, I have a gift for you. The gift is my blood, my life. I shed for you so that you can be innocent. Is that you? I'm praying for you. God, touch them even now. Save even now in the name of Jesus. If you have received Christ, hit us up. Life Restore at Yahoo.com. And listen, as we prepare to leave, we're going to give. My wife and I are giving. And my wife and I are giving our tithe. And we're giving an additional $25. If you can do that and you're watching, it doesn't matter if you're on the lane. You can hit us on Cash App, LR Ministry. Surrender an offering. Be obedient to God if you're hearing His voice saying that. We are a, a 501c3 ministry. We are legally registered. Amen. We are not taking money and doing anything with it. God forbid. Amen. I love God too much. I want to see the work of God done in the earth. If you want to mail it to us, you can do that. P.O. Box 250225. Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53-225. You can do that. If you want to contact us, if you want to do a card swipe, contact us at Life, Life Restore at Yahoo.com and we will get you the information to do that. We will not maintain your information, keep it anywhere. We don't do that. So if you give more than once, we'll have to ask you for the information all over again because we don't keep it. We, we, we function above board. Listen, I want to thank you for for joining us. want to thank you for spending time with us. God bless you. Pray for us and we will pray for you. God bless you.